Today's scripture lesson comes from 1 Peter, chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Listen to the word of God. Christ suffered as a human, so we join with his way of thinking, because whoever suffers is finished with sin. As a result, don't live the rest of their human lives in ways determined by human desires, but in ways determined by God's will. You have wasted enough time doing what unbelievers desire, living in their unrestrained immorality and lust, their drunkenness and excessive feasting and wild parties and their forbidden worship of idols. They think it's strange that you don't join in the activities with the same flood of unrestrained wickedness, so they slander you. They will have to reckon with the one who is ready to judge the living and the dead. The end of everything has come. Therefore, be self-controlled and clear-headed so you can pray. Above all, show sincere love to each other, because love brings about the forgiveness of many sins. Open your homes to each other without complaining, and serve each other according to the gift of each person, the gift each person has received, as good managers of God's diverse gifts. Whoever speaks should do so as those who speak God's word. Whoever serves should do so from the strength that God furnishes. Do this so that in everything God may be honored through Jesus Christ. To him be honor and power forever and always. Amen. It seems to me that human beings are hardwired to want to fit in. If you've ever watched a small child, the first thing that they want to do as they grow up is put on their parents' clothes. We've all seen those little pictures of kids in mom's uh, high heels and their shoes wandering around the house. Little kids want to be like their parents, and as they get older, little uh, bigger kids want to be like their friends. And as they get older again, we all want to be like someone else. The last thing any of us really want to do is to stand out, to be noticed. Even folks, it strikes me, who hole up in caves and write manifestos, send them out so that other people can read them and so they can have more people in their group. Even folks who say that they don't want anything to do with society want to fit in with somebody. We all want to fit in. We even rebel in patterns and groups. Do you notice this? Every teenager goes through this phase of discovery of trying to figure out their own identity. It's totally normal. And they all rebel against their parents because their parents aren't cool anymore. We become cool again, I promise. It happens. Eventually you'll grow up and realize how smart we are. But for now, teenagers want to rebel and become who they are. But it turns out teenagers rebel by becoming more like their friends. Whatever friend group they're in, they tend to become more and more like the people that they hang around with. It's always happened. From hippies in the 60s, who all rebelled in exactly the same way, to the yuppies in the 80s, who rebelled against the hippies in the 60s by being exactly the same and driving the exact same cars, to hipsters today, who rebel by, by wearing uh, beards and drinking coffee, to punk artists, people tend to find their own original group, their own original voice by joining a group. They want to fit in. And it's interesting, it's fascinating, but it's also a little sad to watch children as they grow up, how they shave little bits of their personality off so that they can fit. 
they become less and less like who they were as an unrestrained two-year-old and more and more like what society will accept them to be. They want to fit in with the crowd. They test out different ways of being, different ways of speaking, and they're always watching to see how other people are going to react to those things. Is this thing I'm saying okay? Is how I'm acting acceptable? Am I part of the group? Is it okay? Are they laughing at me or are they laughing with me? And I wish I could say that it goes away with age. But the truth is, by the time we're adults, we're just better and more aware of the ways that we don't fit in. We know that there are parts of us that don't fit in, and instead of trying to shave them off, we just hide them and feel ashamed about them. Ashamed about the way that we don't fit in with the crowd. We have a bit more choices about how to hide it, about who we can hang out with. And some of us choose to walk away from people altogether or try to. And some of us are so worried about fitting into the group, we've lost track altogether of the kooky, wonderful, beautiful parts of us that make us a unique child of God. And it turns out adults are just as worried about fitting in as children are. We just call it different things. Or we blame other people for it. Or we find other people on the internet who make us feel better about our not fitting in. First Peter writes to a group which isn't trying to fit in for social status, but because sticking out got them killed. At the very least, it ruined their lives. It cost them their jobs, their homes, their family, their friends. Sticking out for early Christians was a dangerous proposition. And so 1 Peter 3 and 4 institute, institute what are known as the household codes. These are, in essence, guidelines for how you as a Christian can fit in to the, to the dominant society so that you do not draw unnecessary attention to yourself. Peter reminds them while, that while in public that they need to respect how society orders the family they need to respect how Rome orders the races and nationalities for a neat and tidy society. Wives, it says, respect your husbands. Children, respect your parents. And for goodness sakes, would you stop mingling Jews and Gentiles when you're in public? Do you want everyone to see you, Peter says. You are sticking out. People are noticing. Now, it's interesting that Peter has to tell them to stop behaving this way in public. It means that the community of believers had taken seriously the words of Jesus and of Paul in Gentile in Galatians, where it says, there is no longer Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. You don't tell people to stop doing something unless they're doing it. And unless Peter's community is out and about, wives and husbands speaking with mutuality to each other, unless Peter's Christians are treating free people like enslaved ones, both as human beings, unless Peter's people are Greeks and Jews and African Christians all treating each other as one in Christ Jesus, Peter doesn't need to tell them to stop. You are sticking out. All of this love for one another, all of this equality that you're showing each other in this community, people are starting to notice. 
If we learned anything from Jesus' ministry, it's that Jesus saw each person as an individual, as who they were. And Jesus called to each one of them, every single person, and gave them a seat at the table. Jesus' ministry is full of people, lepers, tax collectors, doctors, women, demon-filled and diseased-free, Ethiopians, Romans, Jews. You look around Jesus' table, and every kind of face was sitting there. All of them had a seat. All of them could look to each other eye to eyes and nose to nose. There is no hierarchy at the table of God. First Peter's community needed to fit into society better so it could survive together. It needed to shave off bits of itself in public so it could continue to support one another so they could be equals in private. We are not in physical danger. We modern-day American Christians are probably not going to jail for our faith, and we're not facing gladiators for our faith. And for all the talk about Christian oppression in our nation, for all the stirring up of people some try to accomplish, the reality is Christians in America are not oppressed or persecuted. We might be inconvenienced. Living a life of faith might be harder than it was when all of society was built to reinforce church, but we are not oppressed or persecuted. Last week, the Chinese government rounded up a house church of over 100 Christians. They met underground because it was illegal in the Chinese culture to have a religious organization unless it was approved and supervised by the state. It was an unimproved faith organization, and so they were rounded up and put in jail, and no one has heard of them since. There is a sectarian war in Somalia today where one group is eliminating Christians systematically. They're the minority, and so they are eliminating them because they are dangerous. And folks are choosing not to wear anything or act in a way which causes them to stand out from the crowd in order to save their own lives. That is persecution and oppression. We are not oppressed. Which is not to say that we don't have a difficult choice to make sometimes. There are times when standing up for the gospel and saying that all people have a seat at God's table will get you ridiculed by your friends. There are times where extending God's grace to a person who is down in their luck will make you vulnerable to exploitation. People may begin to notice when you live a life empowered by the love of God and not condemnation by a holy person. You may have to find a different path to walk than someone you admire because their path doesn't lead to your destination. God may lead you in a different way. We are not in physical danger, but we might be in social danger. Every time that we make a choice for God, when we treat other people as equals in the eyes of God, even when especially when they don't fit in, we might be in social danger. But we have to make a choice. Is it more important for me to fit in and to be part of the crowd, to hide my beliefs in the face of those who might shame me for them? Or 
Am I ready to recognize I have as much right to my beliefs as they do to theirs, and that sticking out a little bit, if it means sticking up for God and for loving other people a little bit more and for including people a little bit more and for bringing about a just society where all people belong, then maybe it's worth sticking out. It is okay for you to have some rough edges. And maybe the problem isn't you. Maybe you are being a beautiful, loved, Christ-filled person, a child of God who was made the way that you were made. And maybe the problem is not you, but it's other people and their inability to accept you. Maybe it's their problem that they're judging you. If we believe the good news of the gospel, we can stand up when the time comes and the door opens, and we can be brave and bold and not give in to the fear of sticking out a little bit. It's okay to stick out if it means loving more, if it means loving God more, if it means loving people more, and if it means speaking good news into a world that needs a little bit more good news. We are called to be different. And there may be times in our lives, there may be people who cause us to feel like we're not safe anymore, like our sticking out is a problem. We may sometimes be in social danger, but you can make a choice for God. You are loved the way you are. And the more that you speak God's words into the world, the more and more you become like God, filled with love and peace. So don't judge.